Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Leanne Bach with M Realty. Keep your finger on the pulse of Portland's hot real estate market. Call Leanne for unparalleled customer service and the highest level of marketing available. Make sure your position in the marketplace doesn't leave money on the table by visiting leannebach.com or call Leanne direct at 503-349-7890. By Chew Dining Club. Chew gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Just download the app right now and check in at participating establishments. Get the rewards you want, like free pizzas, drinks, extended happy hour deals, and more. Plus exclusive information about fun food events and invites too. Chew. Here, Chris, it is right at the fork for another week. I'm Court Johnson, uh, co-host, and Chris Angeles, co-host as well. When we're both co-hosts, is, is do I even need to mention that? No, we're just here. We, we're, you can we're, find us here every week, every Wednesday, right. new episode. That's all they need. To and, and I would recommend that uh, you, uh, when you uh, listen to us, whether you, wherever you're listening to us, is to give us a review, whether that be on iTunes or on now available on Google Google Play or Google the Google Music Yeah, we just function. added that to the whole yeah. system. For you Android people out there, we apologize. We've neglected you. But it just barely became available as an option to Well, feed. yeah, but they could get it on Stitcher. They got on Stitcher. iTunes. Tune in I mean, radio, tune in and, SoundCloud, and at our website, right at the fork.com. Yeah, but well. uh, but wherever you listen to us, it would be uh, a good pat on the back to us if you could uh, give us a recommend a review, a good review, and and or a bad review. I don't know. And I want to pat on the. I want to give our listeners a pat on the back because they obviously have been sharing this with their friends. Yeah, no, we've another we, record month. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Didn't expect it. Out of the blue, uh, every month we're just growing by. About a thousand listeners a month, yeah. thousand downloads, I should say, a month. Yep. So, so if to all the newbies out there, welcome, and you guys can give us reviews as well and share it with your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Today's guest, uh, we had a really awesome conversation that you're going to hear. Uh, a discovery that the the restaurant is older than Chris thought it was. Yeah. Well, what I thought is not really the benchmark <laughs> for for everything. <laughs> it's really what the facts are. I think that just points out how. Uh, how little I little homework I did beforehand. Yeah, but uh, today's guest is Andy Forking, who's the co-owner and general manager of La Pigeon and Little Bird Bistro. Uh, by far, Little uh, La Pigeon is like the restaurant everybody mentions when they give a recommendation to either a friend coming into town or that's where they like to go and eat. And Little Bird too. Yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those those two, and I mentioned uh, a Pizza Shoals are the ones that are always on everybody's list. Right. Those, those uh, are Le Pigeon and a Pizza Show. We should but, uh, start keep, t- keeping track of all this. Yeah, well, I kind of do at Portland Food right, Adventures. Kind of That's kind of sure. the idea. Come get gift certificates to the places yeah. the chefs recommend. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea there. But uh, at any rate, uh, Andy runs both restaurants. He's the general manager, so he's in charge of everything in the front of the house. Yeah. He's also uh, curates their wine programs, so uh, he's a very knowledgeable wine person connoisseur so, and one of the reasons that one of the uh reasons that the restaurants are so successful is, yeah. their, is their is their wine too so the wine programs that they have um he 
Andy was born was born and raised in New York. Mm. Actually, he's a New York guy here in Portland, and there are quite a few of those. But most many of Portlanders came from elsewhere, right. to open restaurants, and and he's one of them. He happened to open it with uh, Will Pigeon with Gabriel in two thousand six. So they just celebrated their ten year anniversary. Unlike I thought it was going to be next year, but um, but at any rate, he cut his teeth at Gramercy Tavern uh, at the age of sixteen. Wow. And got into the restaurant. Young business. guy, and and the yeah, they got into this really young. Yes, very, both of them. Yeah, he's talking about thirty-five now. You know, they're both thirty-five and and are, are around that age, and um, they got a long history in front of them. So nice to hear what's been going on in the past. Uh, Andy's uh, wife, Lauren, was a pastry chef. At uh, is a pastry chef and put in some time at both Le Pigeon and Little Bird, I believe. I know Little Bird. Um, and, uh, so they've been running the restaurants to, to, since 2006. Um, really nice to talk to Andy today about not only his history at Le Pigeon and Little Bird, but also about what's coming up on, um, in a couple of days, actually, after this starts streaming, uh, which is a no tipping policy at mm. both restaurants. So I know you're like, you like that idea, no tipping. I, 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 it intrigues me. It, 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 if everybody could do it, though, just kind of level the, the if they concept. the switch. Then everybody could do it. I think it would be best. But, you know, somebody's got to try to figure it out. And as we're going to find out, Andy's not so sure that what works for him is going to work for everybody else. Right. And so the, it's all experimental. And uh, really, the bottom line is at the end of the bill, it's the same thing right. to you, the customer. It's just how you view it. But That's I like all. the power, Chris. Yeah. Well, you're not, you don't really have the power. <laughs> See, here's the thing. You don't have the power after the fact. Right. If you tipped beforehand, you might have a little more power. It makes me feel good inside. We're, we're never going to get a guest ever again by talking about the unsanitary nature of our, our microphone covers. Yeah, well. They clean them on the regular. I'm going to clean them from now on when we come in. Just come that's going to be my task. A little Lysol. take them into the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> this is part of the show. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're we're recording. Have you listened to the podcast? I I haven't. Oh, well, you, you this will be your first one. This is how we get people to listen. We have them on. <laughs> you start jabbering. We have this w- witty witty banter. <laughs> no, yeah, let me rephrase that. We have banter. No, but uh, this is the way we're going to get Andy to listen because he ha- he's going to listen to his, I hope. Yeah, that's right. true. And will, and then, then a then couple of the your hook. and a couple of your friends. That's so, true. They probably will. Just so you know, my kids will listen for the first five minutes, so they get bored and wander out of the room. Oh, that, so that's I'm <laughs> surprised that'll make it five minutes after this. <laughs> how old, well, how old are your kids? I'll start at three thirteen. <laughs> yeah, there we go. How old are your kids? Uh, two and four. Oh, okay, yeah. Hey, oh, you won't keep them. You're, you'll you'll be lucky to get them for five minutes. Yeah, that's some. Inter- those are some interesting ages. Mm-hmm. Boys, girls, one of each. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who's the oldest? The girl. The girl. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Well, so I was just thinking before you came in here that you will be celebrating 10 years at Le Pigeon next year. No, right? no, no, no. This year. This year? Yeah, we just we just crossed that threshold at the beginning of the month. Oh, I thought it was 2007. No, 2006. Wow. Oh, well, you're already there. We're here. Where's that press release I was supposed to get? Melissa. Now what? <laughs> now what do we do? <laughs> no, so 10 years. Um just a little bit has changed in ten years, not only for you at the restaurant, but in this whole Portland food food world. It de- it definitely has, um, and uh, you know I think for the better. Every year, people talk about there are all these new restaurants opening, there are all these restaurants closing, but they've been talking about that every year. You know, even even when the recession was in its depths, you know, 
restaurants are still opening, restaurants still closing. Now things are, you know, you know, they're not peachy keen all over the place, but I think things are looking good in Portland and we're seeing the same same thing. People just spending a little more money now. So yeah, they're closing and they're opening, but um, did you anticipate when you started with Gabriel in 2006, now mm-hmm. I find out, um, that you were going to have what you have, you're going to have the roaring success that you've had? Um, I don't think either one of us ever thought about it that way. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of something that we both have in common in the way we approach kind of restaurant life and, and Le Pigeon and, and Little Bird as well. And that, um, for n- neither one of us, it was, um, never about, you know, accolades. Um, though, you know, certainly for Gabriel, they came along. Um, and it was, uh, it's never been about opening as many restaurants as we could. So there's nothing Obviously, wrong with that. You probably could do a few more. If you probably. Right um, but it's it's always just been about, you know, putting your best foot forward day after day after day. And that's like the really boring secret of restaurants is that, um, you know, you just have to make, you, you'll never make everybody happy, but you just make as, almost everybody happy every day and they'll keep coming back and then you just do it again. And you knew and that you going do it in. again. You, you had quite a bit of and experience. And you do it again. <laughs> you, yes, it's it's formulaic after a while, but you had quite a bit of experience going in. You knew you weren't going to make everybody happy every day, but I would imagine the preponderance of people are happy that, uh, yeah, with, their, with their Le Pigeon and Little Bird experience. That's the idea. I think, you know, with Le Pigeon, the, the people that, you know, aren't going to be happy know it as soon as they walk in, you know. Just because just of the... the communal tables and the tight space, you know. That's that's not everybody's jam, and and that's that's okay. Has that changed a little bit? Because when you started it, it wasn't as commonplace, and now it is. Yeah, that's true. It is more commonplace. I think um, people that um, uh, are from Portland, you know, and come to us for the first time know about it. And I think people who are visiting Portland who are really big foodies and kind of do all their research know about it. They've read about it. But, you know, we definitely get people uh, who come in for the first time, they're traveling from out of town, and they just, you know, go to Le Pigeon because it's, you know, they, they pull out their lists and it's one of the top places in town, and so they come and they're kind of, they're all dressed up super fancy and kind of taken aback. Um, but generally we can... Warm them do you, up. Do you have a changing room for them? Excuse me. <laughs> <Is it> like <laughs> Portland back here. I always saw that on you know in movies and stuff when people show up to the places where they have to have a coat, they can provide one for them. Yeah, right. The other way is like, hey, we'll take that off. <laughs> Scruffle no, up your tie. I mean, to be honest, sometimes I wish you know um, people would just dress a little bit nicer, just a little bit. Right. Not so much that to the point where they should be uncomfortable or you know, but just think about like. Hey, you just got done with the gym, or you just like you you just biked here from like all the way across town. Maybe you're a little right. Maybe the people celebrating their anniversary at the next table or at the next seat. And they're close too in your restaurant. Yeah, so. but even in other restaurants, you know, I mean, it's it's um, I you know, like I used to work in New York. I worked at Gramercy Tavern, and we always had like a real you know, we said there was a dress code, but there never really was. But what it always came down to was if someone's going to a fancy restaurant to celebrate something nice, they don't want to see you in your torn T-shirt and your cut-off shorts. Right. You know, that's you're going to a place because you like the room and you like the atmosphere. And the person in the cut-off shorts and the torn T-shirt, that's why they're there, too. They're just not giving an F about the other people in the room. Right. Now, I, 
I think, especially if you're going to a place like Le Pigeon, you're, it's a special occasion. You want to at least do something, uh, dress a little better than you normally would just to go out and go to the gym. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, that's, that's the bar, you know? Like, don't come from the gym. Right, so that and, leads, and, me, to, that and, leads me to ask And Gary, if you came from work, don't wear scrubs. That's gross. And what about Gary Okazaki? How does, does he come? Does he, can he, he, go, he used to wear these wonderful jackets and be the best-dressed guy in Portland. Yeah. And now he goes the other direction. So No, Gary's all right. Gary, he, Gary, Gary he's not wearing in. the fanny pack into the pigeon? Well, a fanny pack, that's, that's, that's an accessory. Okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, you know, that's. It's just All right, so then gotta I, carry your stuff. Not to dwell on this, but I, I had this question a couple of years ago that I posted on Facebook. I was mm. at Ox, uh-huh. and there was someone there wearing uh, a baseball cap, uh-huh. and I thought, I don't know, it just didn't, see, you know. And they weren't they had a t-shirt, baseball cap, as though they just came from the beach. And even if they didn't just come from the beach, even if they had a button-down shirt or whatever and a cap, a hat. I started to think, you know, when I grew up, I was told you don't wear, you know, gentlemen remove their hats when they go into a restaurant. And then I thought about it and I thought, well, it's a different time. Has sure it changed? Is. I posed the question and uh, Gabrielle chimed in with the hat should be off. You shouldn't be oh, wearing really? a hat. Yes. Okay. Which kind of surprised me. I thought she was going to say, you know, very portly, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And that's so what, how do you feel about that? I mean, you're, you're not going to say I, one way or the other. But. No, I, I'll, I don't, you know, I think it really comes down to, you know, this is one of the things we tell our staff when they're coming to work. You know, we do have, we do have like a dress code for our staff. It's not very strict, but it's essentially just keeping things on, on the up and up. And hmm. what I always tell them is if you look in the mirror and you're wondering if it's okay, it's not. Mm-hmm. I think that's just, that's just that's a good rule of thumb for that's, anything. That's a good, good rule of thumb for everything. I think a baseball hat's okay, you know, as long you know, well, nice. You know, there's, you know, it's like anything. You know, there's there's nice, classy jeans that you you know whether they're expensive or not, and then there's ones that have like paint splattered on them and holes all over them. Same thing with baseball hats. Well, yeah, that didn't used to be the case. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, uh, a lot a of things have changed. Cap. But the but so the food world, you know, right? The it's, food world just being not just for the upper crust and the food world being something that so many people nowadays are into and can enjoy because part of the reason is because you don't have to, you know, kind of contrary to what we've been saying, you don't have to be super fancy. You don't have to wear a suit and tie, but there's a big difference between a suit and tie and not Huge. taking a bath. Huge. You know, so. The so one, well, that, that leads me to, because, you know, you're at kind of a bellwether restaurant in Portland. You're, mm. you are, Le Pigeon and Little Bird, both of them, but um, is probably one of the first places that's on the list for people coming in from out of town. So you got a lot of New Yorkers and San Franciscans and and Seattle folks who probably are used to a high, little different dining scene, correct? So they come in, and one of the complaints about Portland is that our service is a little lax. I know you're going to make sure it's not that way at your restaurants, but do you think that that, that they have a little influence on each other, the fact that our patrons are a little lax, that it's approachable, and so do the s- servers and the people in the restaurant start feeling a little more approachable with, you know, I, I don't want to hear any one more server call me boss. I don't want to hear it. 
and, and I don't know if it's, if it's a function of my that. age. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that oh, before. Oh, I've heard it, man. How is it, boss? That's that's, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not cool. Yeah. Making you know, a note right now. <laughs> that's Chris a, is not boss. Chris, that's a, that's a really good question. I never thought about it as being sort of the, the look of the diner. You know, I suppose perhaps subconsciously, you know, um, but I, I honestly think that, you know, the, with, you know, there are always going to be mistakes in every restaurant, you know. You can go to Teavant in Paris, and occasionally they're going to mess up too, you know. But overall, I think service and how good service is really stems from the ownership and the management, and and the just the 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 lines they draw and the and the training that they put into their team, and the pride they try to instill in their team. Because I'll be honest, I think, you know, as much as we get really stoked when people come in, they want to do a tasting menu and they want to drink the cool burgundies, you know, we get so excited when they're, you know, there's like some couple comes in that maybe they're not even old enough to drink and it's they're they're dressed up and it's their night out, you know, or they're not dressed up and it's, you know, you know, we get excited about everybody who's excited to be there, um, but I think you know the quality of service really stem, stems from what what the restaurant wants to put forward and what kind of values and goals they want to instill for their for their staff. And how do you know that coming in when you're interviewing someone? Can you tell by where they have where they have worked or you know because someone can obviously yeah interview. no look there's there's you know there's things you can teach and things you can't teach. Obviously, you can't teach someone to be warm. You can't teach someone to be hospitable. You can't teach someone to look you in the eye. But, you know, and that's one of the things we get, we learn in the interview. You know, sometimes we get resumes from people who've moved here and they've got, been worked at all these great places. But then they just sit there and you feel like you're talking to a cold fish. You know, so it's, and it's hard to tell because it's like in any business, you know, oftentimes you hire someone and they, it's just a disaster. Sometimes, you know, you take a chance and, and they do great, you know. Um, there are a couple of people who we hired because, and they had almost no experience. And um, they just came in with just this energy and this warmth and this, you know, personality. And I was like, you know what, we can teach them. It's going to take a little bit longer, but once we teach them how to do this job, they're going to kill it. You know, and is Gabriel the same way in the kitchen? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you know, because um, I would think he'd want to he'd want to form someone more than reform them. No, that's definitely true. I mean, I think that the nice thing about you know his stature in the culinary world is that people really want to come and learn from him, and uh, you know, obviously, generally people will come and stage. I'll spend a few days in the kitchen before you know, they're even considered for filling in, you know, for, for a position, you know, and you can tell right away if they're going to fit in, you know, um, he wants people that want to learn, but also want to put in their input and their creativity a bit too, that there's an interplay. But I think people that um, think they know everything already, they're going to, if they were a cook and they were going to spend a day in the kitchen at Le Pigeon, just as a trial, I think they would see quickly it wasn't going to work out for them either. Really, they wouldn't. They wouldn't try a little harder to. I don't know. Maybe over. they would. So, uh, well, that kind of leads us to something that's fairly that's been in the news lately. Mm-hmm. That that you guys are about to embark upon. 
Yep. Which is a two gratuity free establishments. Yep. Uh, among a few others mm-hmm. that, have, that are that are going that way. As a matter of fact, um, well, well, we'll mention that in a bit. But um, so, how long ago did you decide that this was? First of all, let's go. We're talking about hiring people. Okay. And front of the house <laughs> and back of the house. Yeah, and yeah. I, that's why I thought it was a good segue right now. Mm-hmm. The challenge of getting good people, mm-hmm. um, there's been a disparity between the front of the house and the back of the house in terms of pay and the mm-hmm. ability, the the idea of someone, I'm not going to put all these words in your mouth, but I'm just leading yeah, up to no, it. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. The idea, and correct me if I'm wrong. I will. Uh, the idea of someone deciding to have a food career mm-hmm. um, that's solid and based on uh, something more than wanting to cook with Gabriel Rucker and and being on Chopped one day or or right. or, or Iron whatever show they want to be on uh, is getting challenging when you're paying someone you know less than a minimum uh, a minimum wage that's really low mm-hmm. and the front of the house has been you know they have an opportunity to. Generate twenty percent or approximately that much on fairly decent bills, mm-hmm. and they're doing well. The people that you need to cook to make the food to really make people happy aren't doing that well. So that's one of the reasons this is being implemented. And you can talk a little bit about the mechanics of that and how that would work. Sure. You know, I think um, there's. We can go back. You know, number of years. You know, you know, you don't arrive somewhere in a moment, you know, and it's been a long time all over the place, you know, and but particularly in the United States where uh, service has been a tip position um, and in the kitchen has not. That's neither here nor there. That's just, that's, that's where we are. That's what's going and, on. And in some states, those tips are shared. In some, there's, there's different rules. You know, there's right. a lot of states where um, there's a, there's a tip minimum wage that's lower than the minimum wage for servers, you know, knowing that the tips are going to meet it and then surpass it. Um, and that in theory, um, frees up money or that it can be balanced out whether that happens or not. You know, it's the, 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 the tricky part for me talking about this is that every business is going to do things a little bit better. Every business is going to, compensate their staff a little bit better and approach it a different way. And so the last thing I want to do is is point figures or damn anybody. Um, you know, But it's interesting that you point that out, and it's not something to just gloss over in those in the states where uh, the minimum, you know, you can mm-hmm. have a tip minimum, a minimum for way lower than minimum wage. I'm sure there are a lot of restaurant owners taking complete advantage of that. So. Yeah, I mean, but I think I wouldn't even say that they're, taking advantage of it. I mean, I think, look, it's one of those things too, like if you, if you are the chef, you make more than the cook. If you're the owner, you make more than the chef in theory, if the business is doing well. I mean, that's assuming that you're an active owner, not just a investor or a shareholder. Um, but unless you want to sue for $9 million, then you can, well, that's, that's, that's a, that's (laughs) sorry. Luckily, you know, we, we've avoided litigious, um, confrontation so far for 10 years so we knock on no, wood i'm really going to talk about that's that that's not actual wood no it's not it's I, don't I think there's some, i don't see any wood some in oak here somewhere the door <laughs> um but uh kind of going back on track what was the question yeah no the, the, we were talking about um you, you we were talking about how the front of the house and back of the house are compensated and we got to yeah i okay, just so mentioned yeah, some inv- just owners as, taking as far, advantage as far as far as people take advantage the thing is is that 
And I know, like, it's just so far removed from when you sit down to dinner and you're about to drop 100 bucks, or, you know, possibly you're, you know, at some two, three-star place and drop three, four, five hundred dollars for dinner. Is that when it all comes down to it, like, and I know people aren't, like, crying a river for me. I'm not asking them to or, or any other restaurant owner. But it's not, you're not, it's not like half of that money is profit. I mean, probably, you know, five to 10% if you're doing really good. It's not like a, this isn't like a, this is not a get super rich business. You can be successful at it. That's, that's why I work hard, you know, to hopefully be successful at it, you know, live comfortably, put my kids through school. But um, it's not like a crazy business. So you go to different cities and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say just because that city, there's a tip minimum wage that those owners of restaurants in those cities, you know, are paying their cooks as little as possible. Some are, yeah, some are dirt bags. Some aren't. Some are doing the best they can. But you get in any business in any city, you get into kind of, um, you know, your standards of operation. Like this is how much this costs. This is how much this costs. This is how much we can afford for payroll. This is how much, you know, you get into all the nitty gritty decisions. And that's where you end up where you're at. You know, for us, and I, I can really only talk about us. I, I read one of the, my favorite things I read once, some interview with some, I don't know, CEO type guy and he said you got to stay on your own side of the net when you get on the other side of the net try to play in other people's court get things what they're thinking <laughs> you're just going to get it wrong so I'll stay on my side of the net right now like our thought in doing this really is that um, we're not we decided to do this like a year ago was this your was this something you wanted to do who 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 prompted it um I don't know. I mean, I think probably there's, we probably like talked about it for two or three years, but never in a very serious way. You know, more like, God, you know, it'd be great to do this. You know, I think when we first really started talking about it, we both, Gabe and I traveled to France together in 2013, you know, and, and you know, ate out a bit and, you know, you get your check and you sign and you move on. Um, and we just kind of thought about it. You know, that's that's probably when we first like talked about it to each other a little bit. And we thought, hey, you know, if we can do that, you know, we can make the experience nicer for our guests. And I, I firmly believe that um, we can still take good care of our front of house and it'll give us the ability to take care of our back of house a little bit better. You know, we're not it's not it's not going to be June 18th and all of a sudden everyone in the restaurant's making the same amount of money. Like That's not what's happening. You know, um, we still, um, you know, we're not going to punish our loyal servers who've been with us a long time. And just say, all right, well, you're going to make half as much now. Like, that's not cool. Um, you know, from a, uh, a an ethical perspective, you know, or, or a human perspective, you know, or, or respecting their loyalty to us. Um, besides the fact that from, like, a real, like, cold business approach, you know, like, you need to be competitive. You know, why, why on earth, you know, it's like, I love what I do, but I, you know, I wouldn't. I could sit in my hammock at home and read a book all summer, but I don't <laughs> because I need I need to work. And, you know, I wouldn't expect, you know, if we did that to our servers that they would stay, you know, they would go work somewhere else to make a little more money because so they how, have to live their lives. How are you easing them into that? Because is it is it you can't well, can you? Can they continue to make what they've been making? They can continue up? what what's gonna happen is is that um, we'll raise our prices, you know. Uh, about 20%. Um, 
well, you know, not every price is going to go up 20%. Some prices won't change at all. Some will go up 25 or 30%. Some will go up 10%. You know, the idea is that we do a mix where our overall sales increase 20%. Um, and then by doing that, we're going to be able to give our um, back of house a small raise. And we'll be able to, where our server staff, um, over the course of a whole year, might see, you know, it's like what they make in July in the new system will probably be about the same as what they made in April in the old system because July's, you know, over the course of the whole year, you know, they might see a few less dollars, um, might, um, but at the same time, um, their paychecks aren't going to swing as wildly because their increased hourly is going to be a bigger percentage of their right. take home. You know, they're going to be sitting there on a Tuesday, which you know, I don't know if you experience, but when it's not busy. Yeah, you. so it's like they'll make they'll make a, a really nice high hourly, and in addition, um, they'll make a commission, so to speak, based on uh, sales, food and so, beverage sales. So it incents knowing your menu a little. Yeah, so I mean, in, in the way it's still the same same thing. It's like there, you know, if it's busy, you know, they make more. There's still incentive for that, um, you know. They have to know the menu. But the thing is, too, is that, and this is something that, like, I didn't really think about so much till we really started doing this. You know, it's just so, the, the you know, some, some of the pushback we've got or comments we've gotten has been like, well, service is going to go down because they're not going to be working for a tip. And once I kept hearing that, I just thought that was so, can you curse on this show? Oh, yeah. That's fucking insulting. You know, I mean, that's like saying, that's like just saying, you know, that's like essentially saying like, I don't know, on the on the scary side that they're like heartless mercenaries and on the, you know, the other side that they're kind of like, you know, little urchins begging for tips. You know, it's the, the idea that you would only do your job well, that you would only have a sense of self and pride is... Um, but so that, you can make a few extra dollars is 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 incredibly insulting. Well, but that's part of the system. That's I, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, it's I a, it's, get, it's I, a false part of the system. I understand a, that, because, but it's part of the system because that's how people work. So that people have the assumption yeah, but, that they're working for tips. So okay, blah right, blah blah, but, and they get to they get that little narcissistic opportunity at the end. Yeah, but the to, thing is, but, but it's it's an it's a bullshit off. It's a bullshit you know thing. It's like they think that they're. Making some, you know, people think that by by picking the tip, they're making some statement. Well, whatever service they got, they already got. Right. You know, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, almost every restaurant um, pools the tips between the servers. So, you know, if you're rewarding your server, you're rewarding everyone. If you're punishing your server, you're punishing everyone. But besides the fact that, like, unless you're going to tip, you know, like, 50 to 60 to 100% of the final bill, or you're going to tip, you know, 10% or under, you're not making any statement because nobody knows what you normally tip. Right. And they're not, paying, you know, they're too busy to pay attention to any one person unless you leave nothing. Unless you're going to remember yeah. that next time. But, but, but the truth is, you know, and it's like there's differences, you know, every restaurant is different. You know, there's, you know, the, the, coffee shop where you get sandwiches and there's a tip jar that's one thing there's a casual place 
There's a place that's not that casual where they call you boss. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been um, to some that are ca- that aren't casual. Okay, fine. Well, do. there you go. But I'll t- and then, but or you come, you know, you come to our. The point is, is that when you get up the chain of, uh, I don't mean chain restaurant, but you get up the chain of the nicer places mm-hmm. where there's, you know, thought about the food, thought about the wine, thought about the service. The people that um, are waiting on you, that are there to be your server, um, they didn't just get, they didn't just, there wasn't like a, they didn't open the door and say, who wants a job? They were interviewed, they were trained, you know, they, they're required to know the menu, to know the wines, the spirits, you know, there's, there's a lot of training and, you know, if they're not doing that, you know, they're not going to do that if they don't care about their job. And if they don't do that, they're going to lose their job anyway. Right. Yeah, no, I, uh, well, you mentioned, you touched on for me, and Court, you've been to, you spend quite a bit of time in Europe, yeah. correct? So you've been to restaurants where it was, you just don't leave you a don't, tip. Do you, do you look at the servers any differently there? No, but yeah, I, I just know us living in a tip culture, it was, at first it was really hard for me to like not, yeah. Felt sorry you you want to do it. No, you feel weird. Yeah, you feel you feel weird. It's like, oh man, they think I'm a jerk. But then at the same, they're like, no, that's they're in in the few times where I ended up tipping, they they looked at me as if I was like, they're like, what is this for? Yeah, that's so, almost an insult, I guess. Kind, kind of. But but so for me, mm-hmm. and we had Scott Dolich. So if you go back, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what number episode it was. He's doing it very differently. Yeah, one he, house system. He, he is. I I I tip my hat to him. Um, no pun you know, intended. No pun intended. He's not taking that tip. That's, <laughs> and I'm not wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> we got it all covered, right? But, in that he's one. a proper gentleman. Yeah. But, but you know, I think I think the the idea what, of of what he's doing is is great. Um, and I I just hope, just I so hope everybody it works knows, so. we can't assume everybody knows. Oh, that's true. They're um they uh, at at Park Kitchen and Bent Brook Brick, the people in the back of the house are learning to operate in the front of the house and vice versa. So you have some of the servers who are going to come in and prep and do that sort of thing. And I don't mean to gloss over it with a quick statement, but that's different than what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, essentially what they're doing is that everyone who works there is going to do the serve and they're going to cook. And then they'll trade off, I don't know if it's every month or every two months or every few weeks. I mean, I think that's great. Um, But what one of the things that we're hoping to do is, one, if you want to be a cook, we want to to be a little bit, you know, more rewarding for you to be a cook and for you to stay in this business, you know, and cook because restaurants aren't like an easy way to earn a living. Cooking is definitely not. It's easy to burn out. It's easy to burn out. Cooking's definitely not the easiest way, but, you know, it's super rewarding, you know, when, if you're successful, well, plus Good if you like what you do, it's something a lot of people love to do. So and the other, making a living doing it. The other it. thing, too, is that, like, you know, service and being a waiter that that's that can be a real thing that can be your job that can be your profession and that shouldn't be there's nothing wrong with it as a way to make money when you're in grad school or while you're waiting for your art career to take off or et cetera et cetera but there's no it's a people should respect it you know and i think inherently when i think i think subconsciously in our culture people don't respect servers because they're writing a little tip and one of the you know and i hope that we can slowly change that where you know service is something that that people are do and are proud and successful at and that's their career and that's one of the things we're hoping to do is that like if our you know if our servers going to this new system are making half of their money from wages half their money from 
um, uh, tips. Not tips. Uh, uh, the uh, revenue share. Revenue share. Yeah. Yes, I'm uh, sorry. Revenue share, or you know, uh, commission would be a way. You know, people think about that too. You know, right. Just you know, apples and apples, um, as opposed to like twenty percent from wages and eighty percent from tips, which some nights could try out. You know, there might not be if there's a you know when the Civil War football game goes on and no one comes into the restaurant. You know, it's like right. it's not worth showing up to work. We can we can make their you know I one I think their pay will be a little more consistent. But more than that, I can't tell you how all my employees are going to feel. Um, but I think have they know, told you? How they yeah, feel? I mean they have. You know, I, I think have they're they... all they're all they're all prepared and they're ready. They're a little bit nervous. You know, because it's a change and it's a change that affects their wallet and I respect that and um, they're a little bit nervous but I hope that they're going to like it I mean I know that when I went from making tips to being salaried I enjoyed work so much more you know what I mean mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with sharing or not sharing in knew. some guy's big fit no but it, it wasn't even about just knowing how much I was going to make it was just knowing that I was working to work I was working for myself I was working because I wanted to work and do a good job do you know what I mean? And it wasn't, you know, like there is, there is, you know, there was a table the other night, this maybe a month or two ago at Le Pigeon, and I was talking to them, and they were visiting from somewhere else and ordering a lot of wine and just kind of being like, we're the big fancy guys spending a lot, of, you know, and I was taking care of them and helping with their wine and, you know, and doing a little kind of friendly ribbing back and forth. And they were like, ah, oh, we were going to give you a big tip. And I was like, well, I'm the owner. I don't take tips. And, uh, and the guy was like, oh, and, you know, he's like, oh, well, now what do I have to hold over you? And he and it wasn't it wasn't like it sounds awful when I but just repeat it back. And but it was like jokey and, you know, and it wasn't like the end of the world or a big thing. Everyone ha 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 laughed, you know, who really cares? But it was one of those things that, like that's that mindset. And you know what? That mindset is subconsciously always in their heads and it's always in the server's heads. And that's not. You know, when you really get down to it, that's not cool. Yeah, well, it's going to take a lot to change, well, change that. Well, I hope so. if, you know, all I can do is try to change that in our little space. And hopefully, you know, I think I think my team is going to, like, come in and work more. Well, what everybody's watching what you're doing. It's probably a good opportunity right now to take a little, little, little break. break. Yes. And, uh, do Talk about one of our sponsors. Do. Talk about one of our sponsors. Yeah. Crowd Cow. Yeah, Crowd Cow. Uh, I, I, the only thing I can reference this to... Uh, Chris is that years ago my brother used to raise cattle himself and he'd call me up he's like hey you want half a beef and I'm like I would love half a beef and it's very similar to what you can do is where you can order was that was that a precursor to an argument that he wanted to have no Just no half an argument? well at first I thought it was and then I realized that's the way they refer to these cows right. you, want, you want half a beef I, I always ended up getting a quarter beef because a quarter beef is perfect right so let me just tell you quickly I saw this um, crowdcow.com on Facebook and I ordered it and what it enables you to do, they have a different farm featured every mm -hmm. uh, every week or, I don't know, every so often until they tip the cow, until they sell enough of it so they send it out. It's like the, uh, it's the, the I don't even know if you'd say it, it's the cow tipping. Right. But the cool thing is all the, ca yes, cow tipping. Right. All the cows are uh, grass-fed beef, and they're all in Washington, and we can see videos of the farmers and all that good stuff. They're small, local, sustainable farms. It's grass finish and grain finish, and uh, 
you know, you get a variety of cuts. So yeah. you're going to try some things you've never tried. And I think before. I think you have a better idea of where your meat is actually coming from, as opposed to stopping by even even your local butcher. You're still not quite sure. This is you actually get to see it from from the get go to be able to choose. You might not want to show your kids because they might not want to eat it. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Well, that's and that's it's just kind of, it comes it's in like, it comes and you're ready. It comes you know via mail. Right. The day after it tips. So I what I thought was really fun, and we have to edit this. Yes. But what I thought was really fun. Is it what was, I said? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Because what? Well, the email was. Um, I'm leaving that part in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I thought was really cool is I said I went online and said, "Hey, this is cool. I just bought a share of this for 99 bucks." Yeah. Um, and uh, you might like it too. And some friends of mine popped down and bought from the bought the same cow. The same cow. Oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool yeah, idea. Very, very nice. So it's crowdcow.com. It's uh, they're operating out of uh, Seattle, but they're permeating the Portland market. And uh, go check it out. Very nice. All right, that's good. All right. So what I had my question, Andy, to go back to uh, front of the house. So let's say, mm. and I'm sure you've thought about this. Yep. Let's say you get a couple of weeks in, a month in, three months in, mm. a year. Well, yep. you're probably not going to go that far with this. And your best server, who you just cannot lose, comes to you and says, man, I just don't, this is not, it's not working for me. And if, that's probably all, mon, it's all monetary at that point, right? Because mm -hmm. nothing's really changing. Much. Well, I don't know. So what do you do? What, do you, what's your, what are your plans for that? Well, I mean, I think that there's... I don't think that we would change everything for one person. Do you know what I mean? If if something is working for the whole organization, um, but not for but one. You're on your side of the the, the net. Okay. I am on my so, side of the net. That's so, the but, only place I right, can let, be. Then let me rephrase it because sure. I understand where you're going. You no one would change anything for one person. But let's say it was a whole staff came to you and not not necessarily a mutiny, but a hey, we need to chat here. Uh, not working, but you know the way I look at this. Yeah. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. But the problem is that comes in is you have some people you love that you have been you with, with you for yeah. years. You don't want to lose them. But it is a market driven choice you're gonna make. So there are gonna be some if you lose some people, there will be some people who wanna gravitate to your restaurants and work there under this system. Yeah, I mean look, the the one of the things that's a, that we're doing, um, is we're not doing something as pay wise as drastic as what Scott is doing over at Park Kitchen and Ben Brick is we, you know, we're, you know, people talk about like pay equity, you know, we're just, we're shifting it a little bit, you know, at the end of the day, like our people who are serving our, at Le Pigeon are still going to be some of the best paid overall servers in Portland. Like that's not, that's not going to change. Now, um, is there a possibility and even likelihood that what they were making, what they are making now, might go down a little bit. Uh, yeah, but you know what? At the same time, too, is that 2016, as we've seen our sales been going up, so the increase in our sales this year, you know, that might not continue forever, probably won't, will, you know, might compensate for the slight decrease in pay, because it's all based on percentages and numbers and calculations. Right. You know, looking back at a sample year, the sample year was January to was essentially 2015. We looked at you know, and now we're six months, seven months into 2016. So, turns out it's a good year to do this. It's turns not a out down it, year. Turns out it's it, a good year to do this. It wouldn't be good if it was a down year. It seems to be an up year. Um, but uh, you know, we're 
we're flex, you know, we're flexible. We're we're not making this major change to test it out. But look, if it's a raging failure, okay, it's a raging failure, and then we'll we'll adjust. I just think, see, what I was going to say before is for me, and that's why I asked you this, Court. For me, I don't care. It's if it's the same number at the end, if it's twenty percent higher bill, and I don't have to leave a twenty percent tip. That doesn't make any difference to me at all, and I and I guess that's I understand it's a little generational. You you talked about the con, the perceived control factor. That doesn't make any difference. But where it makes a difference to me is, and this is no slight to anyone. Mm. I'd rather, but no, I'd rather see prices at a bagel shop or a coffee place raise twenty percent. Right, my two dollar cup of coffee now becomes two twenty, and there's no tip jar out front. Mm. I don't want to have that moment every time where all I got is a buck. I just bought a $2 item, and I have to do the, the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm thing. I don't know if you're aware of it, where you have to, are you looking at me putting the dollar in the tip jar? Right. But I just think, for me to leave a, a 50% tip on a, on, a, on a coffee is, like, insane. And I'm, I'd rather get, I'd rather the system abolishes that concept or that problem for me. It's not a real problem, but no. it's just, <laughs> your life no. is so hard, Chris. No, I, no, I under, it's not that big a deal. I, no, I get, it's, I get just, it. it's bothersome. I, it's I, like, I agree with you. You know, I, I I definitely see that as I I've I've been in those shoes where I bought a coffee and only had a dollar, and the coffee cost a buck fifty. And, yeah, and it's okay. So you go, all right, that's great. But nowadays, with with Square and you're swiping, and now you got the you. which one you want to do, and the no. person's watching you. It's right. very awkward. I find it to be very awkward. I I, th- I think that's 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 something too, you know. And it's like one of the things too is like you know we're moving towards the chip, right, with the credit cards, mm-hmm. where you know the idea being like in Europe, the the credit card never leaves your hand, um, and we. We don't do that at our restaurants now because it's just it would be incredibly awkward with tipping, you know, to to walk over and bring this device and say and just stand there because right. you can't leave this three hundred dollar device on the table, um, not because you worry the guest is going to run off with it because people need instructions on how to use it, right? You know, and they're supposed to tip like that's 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 really awkward, you know, and you know maybe now once we. If the no tipping thing sticks, maybe we'll move to doing that. You know, they did that at Verde Casino for a while, and I noticed they're not doing it any longer. Yeah, it's, they'd stand it's, there. With, well, yeah, it's tricky. It. You know, um, I don't know. I think, you know, I I think it's 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 big news till it's old news. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not going to be news forever, but it's going to take a while for the transition. What yep. did what did Andy Ricker? What did not succeed for him in L.A. when he tried this? Well, I mean, I don't remember. I remember reading about how we, how, how he did it, and I think there was like a, like a, gosh, I don't really remember, but I remember it was like there was a tip line. There was like a tip line for front and for back of house, or there was like an automatic tip for the back house and a tip for the front of house. I don't know. I I think that everyone's got to do their own thing, but my feeling was that for us to do it, we we're just gonna do it. You know what I mean? It's like. Up in Seattle, the Walls from the Carpenter and, and the Wellwinds and all those restaurants, that whole group, they eliminated gratuities, I don't know, like a year ago, and they just added 20%. And she won a James Beard Award so yeah. she did that. So maybe that's and they ju- And they just had a 20% line to everything, and, you know, that works for them. But my feeling is is that, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. You know, we're not going to 
this is a big change. So this, this is, a big is not change a trial. This is done. You're 2018. This will be in place. Well, no. I mean, I did say that. Like, look, at the end of the day, like, I have responsibilities um, to me, my partner, our employees, my team. I'm not going to, you know, this isn't curing cancer. I'm not going to take the restaurant down and close it oh, over that over yeah. you know over gratuities like if 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 every if all of portland is up and you know if everyone wants to give tips and my staff won't work without tips yeah i'm not gonna say i can't we won't see change. why i don't understand why it's such a big deal oh well, that's what i'm saying but so yeah i think two years from now this is what we're going to be doing but i just think if if this is if this is going to be a slow movement across the industry you know, it's going to take some people, you know, Scott, you know, um, there are a few other people in town who I'm well, not sure if they've made it public well, yet are going to do it. We're going to do it, you know, who are just going to we're just going to do it. And then we're just going to jump on the grenade and be first. Well, let me mention and it, also it confuses that people when you do it part way. It's not just you. So yet we've mentioned Scott and Bent Brick and Park Kitchen. But yep. John Taboto's doing yeah, it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he, that was public. Yet, yeah, well, by the time this this goes that's on, true, it will, it will be, be. And I'll tell you why it will be. Luce and uh, Navarre Navar will be doing it. Farm mm-hmm. Spirit's been doing it for since they opened yep. 2015. And um, and there will also be. I think they be, might include it at Beast. I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't. I, that's, I think maybe. I don't. Sure. Yeah, they may. Yeah, yeah, that's easier for her to do it that yeah. way. Yeah, well, Farm Spirit, too. Farm Spirit, kind of buy same thing. So, and there will be a gratuity-free uh, logo yeah. on the front of your restaurant, so people will know. Yeah. And I think as that as people pass that logo, right, it's yeah. going to be a reminder as to, to what this is all about. So I think it will be, you know, you look for it. We can post it on our website, I guess. I, sh- I should mention, just for the sake of truth in advertising and and we're starting this at Le Pigeon on June 18th and we're starting at Little Bird some point in the fall winter. Oh, in the fall winter. Okay, yeah. well that's I don't know if it's truth in advertising, it's just well, prob- just, it's just, just information. Information. We don't want to <laughs> well, I don't want to from the from the conversation I don't want to be confused. Well, yeah, we don't want people showing up at, at uh, Little Bird making it difficult for you. Oh. So, thinking that that's the case. So, let me ask you this. What um what have you We'll stop the tipping thing. That's, no, no, that's fine. We'll talk about it. But well, we, I think we've covered it. But I, but <laughs> I think it to a lot of people, a lot of people are um, obviously want to know about Gabriel. And I, my experience with Gabriel, we did an event with you guys at Le Pigeon mm. a few years ago that was just just delightful and wonderful. Um, has been nice. What have you learned? It was a wonderful experience. I really enjoyed working with you guys. What have you learned? What's the most important thing or surprising thing that you've learned from your relationship with Gabriel, with Gabe? Surprising? Oh, what what's the most important thing you've learned from him? What do you like the quality that you've that you appreciate the most? Um, gee, that's a good question. I mean, we work I mean, I feel really I think he would say the same that we found each other, you know, uh because we work so well together and we complement each other. But I, I think he has a really fantastic ability um, to uh, stay calm and to really see the forest and not just the trees. Um, from day one? Or has he gotten better at that? I think from day one, but I think he's gotten better at that. But at the same time, you know, think about it now. I'm 36, he's 35. When he was 25, when the restaurant opened, you know, um, I think most of us 
you know, I think you age a lot from your 20s into your 30s. <laughs> Let me tell you, my friend, it's just started. Um, <laughs> well, you know, like I was saying, got to stay on my side of the court. That's all I, that's yeah. all I know. Well, I've, I've been um, on your side of the court. I moved uh, to the sides of the court. But um, I, I, I think that's what he really, he really um, has a great sense of calm, you know, and that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to hustle and move fast, but, but he really, he doesn't, he keeps a real focus on what's important. Um, and it's and it's uh, keeping that without sounding too. Uh, uh, he he really keeps a good center. So that being said, who has done more of coming the other person over your relationship when there's coming? Been, well, or just like if there's been a flare up and and the, someone has to step in and fix it. Is it is it? And I don't necessarily mean between the two of you, but just something in the restaurant. In the restaurant, who who's the one who's who's there to fix it and I realize you have different responsibilities yeah I gosh I mean I'd say it's about 50 50 I don't know <laughs> I'm trying okay. to think if we ever had people like you know battling each other or, well I know I, know, ha- I just... have my friendships and there are certain mm-hmm. friendships where someone has real has helped me in so many ways to see the see the big picture when I'm yeah. not seeing it and there are other relationships I, would, I, would, I have where I'm that person to help them see the big picture. I, I would say that that's where the real balance is, is that uh, he, they, a lot of the emotional big picture stuff, um, he really sees. And um, I really see all the little wheels and cogs and tiny little bits that um, need to keep, we need to keep the restaurant moving, um, you know, and... I can remind him of those, and he can remind me to step back. Well, one of the, one of the things that impressed me about um, Gabriel, Gabe, I keep calling him Gabriel, but Gabe. He prefers Gabriel. He does. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And then I asked you whether it was Andy or Andrew, so you get confused. No, and then I asked Le Pigeon. It's Le Pigeon. It's not Le Pigeon. That's the um, way I want to say it every single time. Le Pigeon? Yeah. That's yeah, fine. Because well, you spent time in France. <laughs> we won't but I, let me tell you, one of the things that impressed me about him a lot was um, – when we first sat down, and I didn't know him at all, other than the fact that I'd been in his restaurant, we'd met, mm-hmm. we share a birthday, which is kind of cool. We're both uh, April 29th, and um, and I uh, we started talking about uh, uh, an interview, and then I asked him about doing an event. And I, I generally have this question for someone like Gabriel, why would you feel you need to do this event that we're doing? And he, he gave me a really cool response. He said... The day that I feel that I'm better than everybody else and that my restaurant doesn't need the attention, then I'm probably in trouble. And then he just said, okay, let's work this out. Let's figure this out. I thought that was pretty pretty humble of him and pretty cool, especially after a couple of beard nominations. No, but it's true, and I think that really stems to, you know, why our restaurants are successful. And I know it sounds kind of big-headed for me to say that, but, I mean, I guess they are. Um is is just that is that like he's there five days a week you know, one or the other i'm there five days a week and one or the other you know and you know just i just feel always tremendous guilt when i'm not at one like i feel like i've abandoned my other kid until i get back and back and then and you've forth. abandoned your kid and and he's the same way you know he like he wants to be in the restaurant he wants to be cooking he you know enjoys doing that you know, and people all the time, you know, we get asked to look at this space, look at this building, you want to open another restaurant. And 
you know. That would dilute that pretty and quickly. And he just, you know, I, I say we don't want to do it, but, you know, I could probably be talked into it, but he, he just. Well, you're the business guy. He just wants to be behind the stove cooking. Like right. That's, so, that's, 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 it, that's any, the truth. And he loves his Le Pigeon. Uh, we're almost out of time, but I have two questions I want to cover. Two. One, um, you have a new uh, chef at, at Little Bird. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what's going to be a little different there, what okay. people might expect with Marcel. Sure. Uh, well, I think, you know, they're, they're not going to see anything drastically different than what they've, they've seen, especially over the last year. Um, for the first four and a half years, you know, Eric Van Clay did a great job. Um, but I think over the course of his time, uh, the menu went from kind of being, you know, our take on a French bistro um, to being more of like the delicious food that Eric wanted to cook. Um, and then he opened Taylor Railworks, which if any of the listeners, you should check it out. Oh, absolutely. And he took like this giant jump to really making the food that he wanted to make, which was really drastic. Got, I love his kitchen too. Yeah. Talk about, talk about an open kitchen. Yeah. And, and really drastic from, from, uh, uh, which is funny because when he moved, when we opened Little Bird and he came from the pigeon, he was like, I'm so glad it's not an open kitchen. Then that, now does. it's a new restaurant. Yeah. Um, but, um. In the last, you know, year um, where Gabe spent a lot more time at Little Bird, he really sort of, the focus was to really kind of make it rocker-esque. Um, Again. Or ag- no, never. No, never, not that it, it wasn't. It was really Eric's. It was really Eric's, yeah, right. but a little more kind of rocker-esque, you know, our version of kind of Americanized, not in like a diluting it way, but I should say more ruckerized, mm-hmm. as he, you know, as we put it, version of a French bistro. And... Um, and that's going to kind of be the vein. You know, we're going to start to see over time more and more of Marcel's personality. She's got like a little lighter hand um, come into it. But her and Gabriel are working really closely together, you know, on the process. This is her first time like leading a kitchen. So, you know, she's not, um, none of us are out completely on our own, but um, we're going to, you're going to see changes, but nothing drastic. Okay. One last question I had because we're we are um and she's great. Did I say that? Yeah, well, Good. we assume she is. <laughs> there, you guys would not be le- uh, allowing her to the helm no, of that I, restaurant. And she, I mean, she's she been great. she's been there for years, you know, and it's right. kind of there's nothing there's nothing better in a restaurant or any business when you have an opening and, and filling it from within. And not just filling it from within because you want to fill it from within, but where the choice is just obvious. It's just sitting there screaming at you like well, that's good. Done. That makes so, it easy. Yeah. And, and and it made the transition for Gabriel to get back into the pigeon a little more, mm-hmm. sort of a little easier. So that's my question. And, and it's, I think it's the, it's the thousand dollar question. Gabriel likes to be in the pigeon people, you know, when we ask people here, their favorite places to go, they'll always say the chef's counter, the counter at Le Pigeon. Mm. That being said, I know we've had this discussion. Yeah. You can't have everybody want to be at the counter because you've got a restaurant to fill. fill right. and you only have so many seats at the counter. How do you, I, how do you best deal with that? That's, well, that's a challenge that, for you. I mean, it is and it, and it isn't because, I mean, really simply, like, if you make a reservation, your reservation is at one of our tables. The only way to sit at the counter is if you come in as a walk-in and put your name on the list. So if you want to come in and you know you want to come in, oh, that's a pretty democratic rule. Then you, then you, then it's at a table. And if, you know, 
Sometimes we can swap it out if someone requests it. A lot of times you can. But, you know, we let people know about that. Yeah, people get-go. make a reservation at a table and then get there and say, well, we'll wait now. You can give our table to somebody um, else. Sometimes. That, Some, but that's fine, you know? That's my but, East Coast attitude, trying to finagle it. <laughs> right, right. But that's that fine, you know? In that case, like, there's no, no one's losing out, you know? I mean, they'll wait. We'll yeah. just sit. The next person that comes in that just wants to eat, instead of waiting for the counter, they can sit right down at a table. All right, real quickly, we mm. have 30 seconds. Some right. of your favorite places you'd like to go. You mentioned Taylor Railworks. Coquine. Coquine. I think they are just hidden out of the park. And that's and, what everybody, and I've it is, been there a few times, and that's what, right now stupendous. we're hearing a lot of that. Yeah, well, for good reason. Right. Um, I have to say my new, because it's like two, three blocks from La Pigeon, the uh, Moroccan ramen. That's a real fast, delicious lunch spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Pizza places keep popping up like crazy all over town. I still love Ken's. I'm, I, I I'm live, with you there. That's... I live in Southwest, so Taste Bud is catching up, but uh, it has less competition in that little corner of Portland. Um, that's good. That's, yeah, that's a good, good list. Yeah. Um, do you ever go to Michael's right up the street from you? Michael's, Michael's uh, Italian. You know, I, I went there a couple times when... Uh, I first started working at the Pigeon. Your first, you know, back in like 2007 and whatnot, and and it's good. That's not really my my jam. I think I, I, it's an interesting experience. That's why I ask. It's right up the yeah, street. Yeah, no, and, it is. And it's pretty much the opposite of the Pigeon, but I think the sandwiches are great. It, yeah, and the fries, some of the best fries in town. Um, thanks so much for coming. My Andy. pleasure. It was fun. Totally. Thanks. I appreciate, it. and I hope you listen to the podcast. I definitely beyond will. this one. I, no, well, now I'm going to get hooked. Good. Hope so. Thanks. I've heard the banter. (laughs) Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Portland's original food and drink news and review blog brought to you by the legendary Food Dude. Now featuring the huge outdoor dining list you'll need to eat, drink, and enjoy the Portland summer sunshine and fresh air. Check it out today at PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at FoodPodcastPDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at RightAtTheFork.com. Right